0: An example of shared ministry in the first century church. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We are moving into Acts chapter 6 this morning. Today we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7. Now, chapter 6 is significantly shorter than a lot of the surrounding chapters in the book of Acts. It's a kind of a transition chapter between chapter 5, which is a very long chapter, and chapter 7, which also is quite long. Um, there's really only two points of focus uh, in the passage, two significant aspects to this chapter, and we're going to be focusing on one of those things today. One of the things um, that we see happening more and more in the contemporary church is a movement away from paid clergy uh, doing all of the ministry, which was kind of the construct of the um, church post-Constantine, uh, the uh, uprising of, of professional class of religious, um, uh, ordained religious people who would lead churches as pastors, teachers, administrators, leaders, um, who the bulk share of the church's ministry kind of fell to. Um, the church in this era, even on in through the 1970s, 80s, uh, 90s, uh, was pretty reliant on its pastoral leadership um, to carry the, the load as far as the ministry of the church went. There is a movement afoot today, largely because um, the issue of full-time paid clergy has become one of great challenge for many small churches, and so pastors are having to become tent makers, uh, much like the Apostle Paul, uh, working and doing ministry alongside. And so there is a strong movement towards shared ministry. What's interesting to me is that that aspect of shared ministry was already present in the first century church, and uh, there's a biblical basis for it because the apostles themselves saw a need for sharing the ministry. Uh, with the body and um, realized we can't do it all. We can't be effective at the area where we're being called to be effective if we're trying to do it all. And so we got to share the ministry, and that's what today's focus is. Uh, But before we get into the text, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for this opportunity, Uh, Lord, to pause and rest in your presence as we study your Word together. God, as you can imagine, because you know us so well, as you know, is true of each of our lives. There's so much spinning in in the background of our lives, so many responsibilities and details and uh, choices that we're facing and decisions that need to be made and bills that need to be paid and relationships that are struggling and all of the things that each of us brings to the table every day. That's... uh always competing for our mind's attention. that busies our minds and busies our hearts. And so, God, we we cherish these moments when we can come and pause and wait and listen and study and encounter you. Um, Lord, we're hungry for you. And we pray that our time in your word today would, would um, grow us uh, in our walk with you. Grow us up to maturity in Christ as we study, as we inhabit, and as we chew on your word this day. We give you thanks for it, Lord God, and pray that you'd speak to us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's Acts 6, 1 through 7. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists rose up against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith." So what we encounter here is a problem in the way the first century church was beginning to function. Um, as I earlier mentioned, the apostles were beginning to realize they were, they were doing too much of the ministry and they needed help. Uh, they were being distracted from their primary ministry of the preaching and teaching of the word and of prayer. And these prayers were the powerful prayer of healing works. Uh, the prayer for the release from unclean spirits, uh, prayer for the church and God's wisdom and direction. Uh, and so their ministry was primarily word and prayer. And they were getting caught up in the sort of functional aspects of the church's life. And so what they're recognizing here is that they need some help administering the life of the body, the life of the fellowship. And the complaint that was brought to their attention by the uh, Greek converts to the Christian faith was that only the Hebrew widows were receiving um, money and resources for their needs as things were being distributed. The, the Greek widows, the, the um, Gentile widows were being overlooked and the apostles realized that this was not good but that there was a there was a flaw in their system and they needed additional help uh, to make sure that uh, the resources of the body were being fairly distributed to those who had need and one of the needs they were providing for were the needs of the widows and so the apostles uh, said um, to the disciples as they gathered, to the, the believers as they gathered. It's not right that we should give up focusing on our calling. Um, Therefore, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. So they were saying, we need seven deacons, seven under-shepherds, who can work out the details of administrating the life of the church. And um, they said, that way we can focus on devoting ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Uh, Makes sense. Uh, It's sharing the work. It's sharing the ministry. And so uh, Luke um, says that what they said, their plan, was pleasing to the whole gathering. Uh, They were all recognizing that this was a need. And so they went and selected seven. They presented those seven to the apostles, The apostles laid hands on them and prayed over them to um, appoint them to this ministry, to um, call them into this ministry and equip them for this ministry. And then they let them get busy with the work. And then they went about doing the things that they were called to do. It says, in the word, because because of this change to their system, Uh, because they began to share the ministry, the word continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Now, it's interesting to me that they don't just say converts. They were busy making disciples, which is precisely the calling of God in Christ when Jesus gave them the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples. He did not say, go, therefore, and make converts. Go, therefore, and make disciples. A disciple is a person who has been introduced to the gospel, has responded to the gospel, has been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and is in the process of being taught uh, the commands of Jesus, the Word of God, so that they grow into a fully mature disciple who does the same, who is committed to the same mission. And uh, we see in verse 7 that they were effective, that the Word was having impact, that the church's ministry was Raising up new disciples that were multiplying greatly in Jerusalem. So they were in their epicenter still. So Acts 1 8, they had not moved out to uh, Samaria and Judea and the ends of the earth. They were still in Jerusalem. It was a growing movement in Jerusalem. So they were being faithful to exactly what Jesus had called them to. And a great many priests became obedient to the faith. Now that's a powerful statement. The priests, up until this point, have been the most. Uh, suspicious of the way of the movement of Christ the priests have been the most critical the priests have been the strongest opponents and we are seeing based on Luke's testimony that the priests were being uh, obedient to the faith they were coming to faith in Jesus and learning to walk as his disciple now that is a seismic um, shift (laughs) away from uh, their um, opposition to the gospel and now being um, followers of Jesus. That's a beautiful thing, and it speaks to the impact that the first century church was having uh, in its ministry setting. All right, my friends, good start for chapter 6. We'll finish the second half of 6 tomorrow. And uh, actually, we'll be on into chapter 7 before the end of the week. So God bless you today. I pray that these words would continue to resonate in your hearts as you consider them.